Hi, welcome back to another episode of Talking Trade. Uh, I'm Ian Coxett at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I'm Sandy Siegel, president of ME Day. And welcome to our guest, Julie Poyar. Julie's someone I've known professionally for many years. Julie's a fellow licensed customs broker and, and holds our MBA in international business. And I actually had the pleasure of having Julie on staff here at ME Day very early in her career. So for the past 11 years, Julie's been with the Kohler Company, and today she is the Senior Manager of International Trade Compliance. So Julie, again, welcome to the show. It's great to see you and have you. Um, as Manager of Trade Compliance for a large corporation like the Kohler Company, we're in amidst an environment of the trade wars and a really dynamic political environment with trade negotiations. As, as well as supply chain crisis and, and disruptions. What are your biggest concerns in staying current um, in, in being responsible for trade compliance for Kohler? Thanks, Sandy. Um, I think the biggest concern I've had over the last probably five years, I think that's when really the, the dynamics have changed in terms of trade compliance. Prior to that, it was, it was really the same you know, same old, same old day in and day out, you did your work, the, the information was there, not much change. Um, and in the last five years, it's, it's really been a challenge to stay on top of all of the changes, both in import and export compliance. Um, you know, understanding the tariffs, you know, the tariffs were a, a huge change to everybody. Um, how do you find out how you can work to mitigate the tariffs through um, programs like, you know, tariff engineering, duty drawback, um, first sale? How do you even get the right information, you know, tariff exclusions? Um, and then on the flip side, the export side, there was a ramp up in um, sanctions activity. You know, we, we all sort of saw um, a, a world where doing business as normal wasn't doing business as normal on the export side. We had to worry about BIS sanctions, OFAC sanctions, all of that ramping up. And I think the key to success is really um, your network, expanding your network, making sure you're connected to trade groups, making sure that you're connected to resources that um, the government does offer. Um, I'm a member of the Wisconsin District Export Council, um, and it's a great resource for um, companies to expand their export opportunities to really find out um, how the, the um, Commerce Department can help support those endeavors. Um, in addition to the trade groups like MWTA and um, MITA or MITA um, for the state of Wisconsin, um, you know, just other international trade compliance networking groups, um, and then just your peers making sure you talk to people in the industry. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a self-professed trade geek. Um, so <laughs> if, if you get a couple of us in a room, we'll never stop talking. Um, but just, <laughs> just leveraging those relationships, talking to people about, you know, hey, have you seen that? You know, did you, you know, how do you guys manage that? Um, really just having those conversations because we're all in the same boat. Um, there's, you know, there's trade journals, there's um, all sorts of information from freight forwarders, customs brokers, ME Day, I know you guys have a, a great newsletter you send out. Um, and it's really just tapping into all of that. How do you, how do you get your arms around the information so that you can digest it and find out really what's relevant to you? Oh, absolutely. And, and it has become quite a challenge these days. And don't forget to add talking trade to that list. Of, I'm sorry, of yeah, resources. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, in, in regards to staying compliant in this, you know, change, mm-hmm. rapidly changing environment, you know, compliance is, is fairly black and white, if you will. It's, it's regulatory, right? But at the same time, because it's so fluid in today's environment, it, it really speaks to being flexible. So, you know, I often equate it to playing dodgeball lately, like around the corner is, you know, is yet something else coming at you and you've got to move supply chains or, or resources or change, you know, processes, uh, duty engineering and so forth. So, so what's helped you um, be flexible and, and, you know, fluid in, in this situation? Sure. Um, I love the dodgeball and it was a hard change for me. Um, I'm, I'm very much in the black and white. There isn't even a lot of gray for me in trade compliance. It's, it's right or it's wrong. You know, you look at a product and there's a classification for it. And, and I understand there's interpretation, but generally speaking, you know, you do the right thing all the time. Um, looking for flexibility in trade compliance is is a really nuanced area um like i brought up before there's tariff engineering so if you bring a product in that's how it's classified you know th- there isn't a lot of change but if you change the product slightly now do you have the interpretation to change that classification bring it under a, you know a different a different duty rate maybe you brought it under a different list on the section 301 tariffs um, maybe you can't avoid that. So you look at programs you've not used before, potentially, um, first sale. So you can't change the value of your goods, right? You declare the right value to customs, but maybe the value you're declaring um, could be changed by using a program called first sale. Um, make sure you're doing everything right. Make sure you validate those values. You know, you don't just go off and, and change things without, you know, doing your due diligence, um, but really trying to stay agile, look at those programs. Um, when your supply chain suddenly changes sourcing on you, you know, you have to roll with the punches a little bit on that and, and make sure that you're doing your diligence on your supplier. Um, if you're a member of CTPAT, there's a lot of supply chain things to look at. There's um, the U.S. Customs initiatives like forced labor. You want to make sure that the company is covering their bases. Um, and that's where maybe that that lack of flexibility comes in where trading trade compliance toes the line and says, okay, great. We're going to be flexible and we're going to be agile, but here's everything you need to do in order to maintain that flexibility while being compliant. Oh, that sounds like, that sounds like quite an agenda you've got there, Julie. It's the <laughs> wild west right now. <laughs> yeah. Now I know you told us uh, uh, before the talk today that the, there are changes coming to the harmonized system, which means that all of those classifications are getting revised. But I want to <clears throat> I want to talk instead about uh, trade facilitation. So I know that you're on an advisory panel to the uh, initiative by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency called 21st Century Customs Framework. Can you tell us a, a little bit about what that is and what are the salient features that we should be paying attention to? Sure. So the 21st century framework, um, so I am a member of the task force that customs, um, and the 21st century framework was announced probably about three years ago already. So it's it's already a work in progress with customs, but um, customs realize that the processes we have in place today are um, aging. Um, the way they looked at things in the Mod Act was already 30 years ago when they changed customs. Um, you know, Sandy, I know you know that very well. Um, so, they're, so customs is really trying to take a look at 
how things have changed, how importers have changed. Um, you know, e-commerce is is the new hot deal, um, and and all of these products are coming into the country without a lot of control. So customs is trying to understand um, what data do importers have, what data do manufacturers have, how can they use the data to speed up customs clearance processes, but also to understand better what's coming into the country. Um, there's a lot of conversation in the task force about who owns the data and who's going to be responsible for the data. Um, so I would just say watch for um, information coming out from customs in the future in terms of systems requirements, data elements that they're going to look at that they don't look at today, um, ways they're going to improve their visibility and cross-functionality within the government to try and make, to make things more streamlined but yet more compliant. Okay, and uh, and the goal here is to make trade easier, not just to throw more logs onto the road, right? Right. If you, <laughs> you go to the U.S. Customs website, they have a great video, and it, it actually is a, a really nice kind of introduction to the 21st century framework, and they do stress the, making things easier. It, it, you know, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. You're going to be providing information, but, you know, time will tell. <laughs> well, Julie Poya. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today, Kohler Industries. Uh, really appreciated the opportunity to get updated, and we'll be looking forward to hearing more about that trade facilitation effort. So, Excellent. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on uh, Talking Trade with us. Bye.